talking about. Love Talk Radio. can finally play the game. Freddie hasn't blown it too badly, so if he could keep out of his own way, 
my 76 win projection looks like it could still happen. Yeah, and the flip side of that, too, is that the Royals don't hit a lot of home runs either. So, I mean, you got to take that. No, but they also don't make the three. They don't make an error a game either. That's very true. But I feel like that's correctable. You know, it's hard to make people start hitting home runs that aren't really home run hitters without sacrificing average. But I feel like you can shore up your defense through better fundamentals, if that makes sense. I think that's more correctable than trying to get power a guy that don't have power. Yeah, and the Royals have the best bullpen in the majors. Yes. And that is a perfect segue to probably the team with the worst bullpen in the majors. <laughs> and I'm talking about my Cincinnati Reds. I was so happy last week, 5-1 start. It really could have been 6-0 but had it been for that bullpen. But I told you on the show, when I saw the schedule and they were going to Chicago and going to St. Louis, I said, yeah, man, <laughs> that's going to be ugly. And lo and behold, I spoke it into fruition, and it came too. But that Cincinnati bullpen is god-awful. They are a cluster. And today, finally, woohoo! Brian Price decided to J.J. Hoover, who I told you when you were talking about Grilly, was horrible. I said, we got the same problem because Hoover is terrible as well when they traded Chapman that we're going to be in trouble. And they have no longer made him the closer. They sent Jumbo Diaz back down, which they should have done. He shouldn't even have made the team come out of spring training. And Tony Singrani, for the love of God, when are you going to get a secondary pick? It's great that you're a left-hander that can throw 93. But if you don't have anything to keep anybody off balance that you can put in the strike zone, it's not going to matter. You're going to fall behind an account, and they're going to wait on it, and you're going to get tattooed. And that's what happened. Uh, against Colorado, what happened against Chicago, which our, 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 our bullpen is just horrific, dude. But I am encouraged. I talked about him last week. Torres is hitting well. Cozart is on a nice hitting streak. Break up Jay Bruce because he hit another home run today, and I'm just waiting to get the ESPN alert that he's been traded to the moon for, you know, a couple of rounds. You are so sad. Round pick. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's my piece of them. I don't know if you've been paying attention to them. They're 7-7. Seven seven. Story hit another home run off of us uh, yesterday, I believe it was, uh, two days ago. Uh, so he, his story is, is continuing. I mean, that's just phenomenal. But, you know, when you go to Colorado and go to You're Cincinnati, not... he probably his ass to live up. Real quick on story, you realize he has 26 strikeouts already this year? He has 18 since he hit his seventh home run. He's like a young, smaller Adam Dunn. That's what Adam Dunn would do. He'd strike <laughs> out a home run, baby. Nothing in between. No doubles, no singles. I'm, either I'm going yard, I'm going to sit in the dugout. I'm going to sit in the dugout either way. I'm either going to round the bases <laughs> or I'm headed straight out yeah. back out to the third strike. So, yeah, that, he's got to get that together. I didn't realize that. Uh, but, you know, nobody's counting on Nobody's even really talking about that, really. They're talking about his prodigious no, home runs. No, they're talking about the eight here. home runs a year. Yeah, exactly. It's, gonna, it's kind of half full versus half, you know, half full versus half empty. And, you know, it's okay. He's young, but that's not going to last. You know, the shine is going to wear off. And they're going to talk about like how they talked about Adam Dunn because that's definitely an Adam Dunn statistic. And I know I'm a homer, but if you followed him in, with Cincinnati, uh, with the White Sox, you know that I'm not lying to you. It's all or nothing, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now that we've got – Hit you 40 home runs and bat 210. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, but, yes, that's, <laughs> that's Adam Dunn in a nutshell, and that's what he did. Uh, so now that we've gotten our – you know, our, our baseball out of our system. We got middling teams, but, you know, one goes up, one goes down. I think, they're just, I think they're just taking turns just to give us something to talk about so that, one, we don't feel bad at the same time. You know, like, I hope we don't have a week where they just both go, like, that's, one and five. That's good. And we just omit it from the whole segment. Like, we're not going to talk about baseball this week. It didn't happen. Um, we got to so laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> exactly. 
let's get to some NFL. So, like I said before, we're about a little over seven days here, if I look at the time, uh, away from the, the draft next Thursday. And yep. can I just say, wow. Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody at this point uh, talks, has knows about Tennessee uh, trading down uh, with the Rams. And I, just so we can put it on, on air, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it because this came out uh, after our show. And just on a side note, props to L.A. for not mentioning the trade until after Kobe had his night. That's a lot of respect from the Rams. It's pretty classic that I'm moving to L.A. and waiting for that. Uh, but I don't really know if golf and Wentz. I would say Wentz is probably the one I think is the one I would bank on to be the best of the two, but I can't don't know if I agree with giving that much up to get to number one. What do you think? I really don't, and especially once you hear the news that just came out about two o'clock today about Philly trading a even bigger haul to get to number two to take the leftover. I would imagine that the Rams are going to take Wentz um, just because Jeff Fisher has. We both know Fisher has no problems going seven and nine. He's made a career out of it. And uh, he yep. thinks Keenum is good enough to start. And Wentz has, Wentz has your higher upside, and Wentz fits the mold of here, hand the ball to Todd Gurley and spread it out a little bit. Jared Goff is more of your shotgun set, uh, your kind of air it out type of quarterback. And looks like Philly's all in on Goff. Yeah, the only reason why I, I, I wonder if the Rams would take Goff is because he's a Cal product. And it's something to be said for moving into a new market and putting butts in the seat. And he may bring some of that excitement as the number one pick as a Cal product in, in L.A. I mean, I know Cal is not in L.A., but it's, it's in California. I do consider so, I mean, that. Yeah, That is definitely but, a consideration. I just don't think he fits the system well enough. I think if they if they didn't have Gurley, if they were more of a spread-out attack, I think it would be Goff, because Goff is more ready to come in and play right away. But that's not really their game. And I, I don't think even with the move to L.A. that they're going to just – throw away Todd Gurley or shove him into a shotgun set. I think they know basically their offense is here, here you go, Todd, go ahead and run. And um, they're going to want a quarterback who they can, if they have their druthers, they'll have one who can be kind of like a mix between Cam Newton and Joe Flacco, a big body who can shrug off some hits, who can take off and run, and then who can fling a deep ball. And that that's more Carson Wentz. Yeah, I totally agree. I, and like I said before, I think Wentz is the one I would choose if I was going number one. But like I said, the only reason why it gives me pause is because of, of golf where he's from, where he went to school. Uh, and I've also heard uh, that I thought well, before Cleveland traded the pick that they were really all in on golf. And I thought that they would wait until the Rams yeah, I, uh, made their pick. I thought before they, before they I thought it. they would stay. The only thing I can think of with the Browns is they were either all in on Wentz and heard that the Rams were going to take him, or more likely, they didn't really want either quarterback. They didn't see a big enough difference between these two quarterbacks and your Connor Cook, Christian Hackenberg, Dak Prescott mix later on. So they decided to trade out, grab some more picks, and fill other holes on their roster and ride it out with RG3 this year. I think that's more likely. And, you know, I rag on them a lot because it's easy and because they're horrible, but Browns fleeced mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Because if you look at history, grabbing the leftovers has never worked out for a team, ever. It's all, if, you, if you take that second one that's not chosen as the first quarterback, it hasn't worked out. Yeah, I mean, I think the only, yeah, I think the only one we can really talk about is that year where it was Eli, Ben, and Phillip, and they didn't go right behind each other. I want to they say didn't go one Eli two first. either. Yeah, that's true. I think it was like 1-7-13, I think it ended up being, or something yep. like that. Uh, but uh, yep. agreed. 
Uh, um, I, I think you're right on that. And Cleveland, you know, give him a little more credit as well. I heard that Pat Hamilton was did like golf over Wentz, but I think the accumulation of picks, uh, especially when they got gone to a new front office that's more focused on analytics, uh, and like you said, we're rounding out the whole 53-man roster versus trying to get that star. And I think everybody's still on the same thing. Like, I may like golf and I may like Wentz, but I don't think anybody looks at him and say, you know what, that's Peyton Manning, that's Andrew Luck, that's somebody that's a no-brainer. I don't think you have that. That's why I was so surprised that L.A. and yeah. Philadelphia gave up so much to move up because I don't, I don't hear anybody talking about him like that, and I don't think so. I think Wentz has the biggest upside, but I can't say that he's Andrew Luck right now. I just, I just can't say that. It's a great day to be Paxton Lynch. That, he's pretty much guaranteed to go in the top 15 now. I was gonna, I was gonna allude to that. I was like, yeah, he's. I think he's the biggest winner, and 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 those other quarterbacks you just talked about, I think also are big winners, and Connor Cook and, and Hackenberg and Dak Prescott, because for some of those teams that say like the Jets, if they don't get anything worked out with Fitzpatrick or Denver, I don't care what they say, Sanchez might get you to eight and eight, but he's really not a Super Bowl quarterback. You still got some teams out there with good roster talent that feel like they need a quarterback to at least come in and try to take the reins at some point that they may start to move up, you know, that, that trading back into the bottom part of the first round to, to, to pick up. And even your um, San Francisco may also do it because I, I, we've talked about it in depth with Gabbard and Captain that they're not the guys. I, but you I might just, see them move back in. Uh, I, can't, I can't see it. It would be a smarter move for them to get a quarterback. I don't know that any of these quarterbacks would fit. Paxton Lynch would seem like a logical fit for them now. Um, to run Chip Kelly's type of offense. The problem is we both know Chip Kelly only likes Pac-12 players. And there's like four or five Oregon <laughs> players in this draft. I'll guarantee you at least three of them end up in San Fran. I'll guarantee you Braylon Addison is there. I will guarantee you – I was thinking about this more. We were talking earlier. I'll, I'll guarantee you if the Ravens don't take DeForest Buckner, mm-hmm. San Fran is. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, but, you know, like we see it every year, though, you start to see that movement. And when you take the top two quarterbacks, I think, right off the bat at one, two, teams that need a quarterback start to get itchy. And it doesn't always make the most draft sense. They do, they, we, really, when you move up to draft for need and not for value, given where you are. You lose. We see it There's a reason why those teams are always there. That's true. But we see it happen all the time, right? We see teams do that, and, and they start to get itchy that that team in front of them is going to jump them. And when you take those first two off the, off the board so fast, and you left with the second tier at pick number three, moving forward to the rest of the draft. I think people are going to get twitchy. Now, I'm not saying all three of those teams are going to do anything rash, but it wouldn't surprise me. I could definitely see Denver trying to do something to go get Paxton Lynch. I, I think they are the Jets are the ones that have the most riding on it because they aren't bad teams. You know, the Jets just blew an opportunity to make the playoffs, and Denver won the Super Bowl. So, yeah. you know, you aren't talking about bad rosters, but they are in dire straits of a quarterback. So, you can see it happen. Not quite sure. Um, so I'm gonna let you have this one because I couldn't find the the thing, and I and I also don't want to read about anybody talking bad about my boy Dan <laughs> Lee. Um, but he's 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 kind of been a lightning rod here. Uh, and, and I watched Ohio State, you know, obviously. And that year they won the championship. He was fantastic. And I admit that he took a step back last year in terms of his technique and his tackling. But then he went to the combine and had you know like a Mike Malamula kind of combine where he just blew everybody away with his, his athleticism and his stats. So he's getting pushed from the draft board, and I think he rightfully should be. So go ahead and tell the folks of, uh, what uh, pro football uh, focus dissected my boy Lee as this past year, and I'm not super surprised at it. 
If you're not aware of Pro Football Focus, they're an analytics-based website where they will they will determine tape. They'll look at everybody's tape. They'll look at where you rank, and then they'll determine just how much of a draft prospect you really are or where you ideally should be drafted. And even before the combine, Darren Lee was a fringe first-rounder at best if Seattle decided to take a flyer. The knocks are, of course, that he's not an instinctive linebacker. Uh, he's a you, you know this. He's a quarterback that's mm-hmm. been converted to a linebacker. Uh, he never mm-hmm. lined up as a linebacker. He always lined up in that hybrid. I don't know if you guys call it the jack or the star role. Um, but he, he never really lined up as a linebacker or a safety. He's just an amazingly athletic specimen. Um, one of his better feats is the fact that throw out the four four seven. that's crazy fast anyway. It's his ability mm-hmm. to just – truck players and run through with a hard tackle without having to take that big runway type of run. He can generate a tremendous amount of power just from a normal tackling position. The problem is he doesn't have good tackling technique and pro football focus came out with the number. Um, He's actually fourth worst in this entire draft class against the run, which, you know, I can see that because he can't get off blocks because he's too small. The scary part is he's also fourth worst in this class against the pass. And you you cannot have that because if you can't cover the run, you better be able to cover down the field. And he can't do that because he's not instinctive. Now, that's not to say he can't be, but it's just further proof that he's not a first-round pick, that he's very much a project. And it's one reason why I get really annoyed at the, at the combine. I don't care what you do in compressions. I want to see what you do on game tape. Like I've told you, your combine does not raise you in my eyes. It can lower you a touch, but it cannot raise you a full round. Yeah, and, and to, to piggyback on that, I think his issue is he has so much athleticism that he takes terrible angles to the ball as a ball carrier and as a wide receiver trying to cover the, the, the pass and the run. I feel like my athleticism makes up for that. I can generate this kind of speed and power, and he, find, and he comes at horrible angles, and people take that cutback on him, especially in the run game. And he's, he's tackling there because he's trying to deliver the knockout blow. And then when he also sometimes when he hits, he doesn't wrap up, thinking I'm just going to destroy you. And these guys, you know, they go to the weight room too, Darren. So you got to bring your arms. Like, like my man uh, Spillman says, you got to see what you hit and hit what you see and bring your arms and wrap up. So, but some of that can be taught, I think. I think that he has to be taught, though, that athleticism is, doesn't trump technique in every instance. There are times that athleticism can trump technique. But it doesn't happen every play, and you can't Namely take your mindset Saturdays. that. Namely on Saturdays. Right. On Sundays, everybody's athletic. <laughs> exactly. You can't take that as a how I'm going to play ball. So he's going to need somebody that's going to be patient with him, uh, and, and you got to retool that line of thinking because I'm, I'm positive that's what it was. And I think he's trying to start to believe his own hype coming from that championship year until last year, and it just it just went it just went to the birds. So I agree. I see all the mock tech with Atlanta taking him at 17. I think that's too high. Uh, and but I don't know what you guys you you know what what y'all are gonna do. I don't like move. the SEC for whatever reason. Uh, so It'd be a classic Atlanta I, I hope move. you don't do that so you know, your head doesn't explode. But we'll, I guess we just have to wait till next Thursday and find out. Um, and and some shocking news. I don't know if you just got this alert. I just want to move on to some some NFL chatter before we get to uh, our respective spring games. The Panthers have rescinded the franchise tag on Josh Norman because they said a long-term deal was unattainable. He is now immediately a free agent. What do you think about that? Yeah, I did. I just saw that. Um, it's a little bit crazy. I'm trying to scramble around and think who's yeah, got the money to, to, to bring him in. 
Nope. I, I think there? I may have lost on Mandela. I think Blog Talk is having issues again today. I am thoroughly, thoroughly shocked at the fact that they will rescind that. That means that Josh Dormer has told them that he doesn't want to play them with them anymore. I just don't. I just don't get it. I'll never get it. How is the long-term deal unattainable? Why can't you keep the franchise tag on and then keep working, keep working, keep working? Give yourself another year to work on this. I just, I just don't understand why you, why you would do that. I mean, how disrespectful did he and his agent have to be in the, in the conversations uh, to, to come back with that? Dylan? Am I back? Yeah, I think I've lost my man, Dylan. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with blog talk today. Um, so moving on a little bit here, also with some other chatter, Brian Hoyer going to meet with the Broncos and the Jets. And it makes sense um, in the fact that they have to do something because, like I talked about before, they don't have a quarterback. So, but it's what? definitely not Brian Hoyer because if you saw him play in, against Kansas City in that uh, playoff game in the wild card round, he's just he's just not the guy. He's just not the guy to do it. I, I'm sorry. You know, I'm an Ohio guy. I know he's from uh, has played the ball in Ohio, but yeah, so sorry, so sorry. And I wish I had my man on here to talk to me about it. I know he has some some thoughts on it, but we're apparently having some technical difficulties. Uh, so bear with me, Dylan. In my back. Okay. Uh, so we were going to move into a little bit of the um, the spring grant spring games. As you know, uh, most of the major teams here have had their spring game. Uh, my Buckeyes, OH, set the record uh, for attendance there for the spring game at 100,189 folks. Uh, just a fantastic showing uh, by my Buckeye Nation. And I know there's not a whole lot going on in Ohio right now, so don't don't yell that we don't have anything else to do. We love our Buckeyes, so we just try to go out and show them a little, show them a little love. Um, really impressed with Joe Burrow and a little concerned with JT Barrett. He struggled a bit, and I know they have a young wide receiving core, but that's the same wide receiver core that Joe Burrow is working with. He goes for three touchdowns against one pick, while Barry has no touchdowns and two picks. So I, I can't really, I can't really talk about being excited. You know, it gives me pause. And I think JT is one of those guys that doesn't necessarily always practice well, but he comes out and plays in the game. So that's my two cents on that piece of it. Uh, Mike Weber looks pretty good. Two touchdowns on 38 yards without two of his better offensive linemen, two seniors, Billy Price and Pat Eflin. Um, I think I would slow down on the baby loafs in reference to Carl's High comparisons. I mean, Carl's High is a stud, and Mike Weber is just a freshman. So let's just whoop, whoop, back on up and, and, and relax. But um, I was a little concerned uh, with my secondary and my wide receiver core. And, again, there were a lot. Noah Brown, Corey Smith. Dontre Wilson, Curtis Samuel, all injured. So it was all the youngest out there. And they're going to have some growing pains. But Torrance Gibson really looks like he's going to be a star. He had two touchdowns. Uh, Paris Campbell had 106 yards receiving. They're really going to have to step it up in a major way this year because I believe that if you're playing Ohio State, you know JT Bear can beat you with his feet. And you know they got a good running game with Mike Weber. Uh, I would just load the box and see if those guys can get off press coverage. I'm not sure that they can. Um, but we'll find out. And so I'm back. trying to get him in here because that's all I really had about that. The secondary got burnt a lot based off the numbers I just gave you for the wide receivers. Um, so they, they they need some help, but I'm not sold on Conley anyway. I, Eli Apple leaving uh, really, 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 really hurt that secondary. Then you lose 
a Bob Vale and a Joshua Perry. Looks like we just lost Jaquan. Um, well, thank you, Blog Talk, for all of this. Uh, anyway, uh, I could hear a little bit that he was holding Playable. on and talking about the Ohio State spring game. Yeah. Um, just Jaquan, you there? Can you, yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. All right. Well, now that that's over with, I uh, heard you talking about that Ohio State. <laughs> Um, uh, I caught most of it. Um, who who's looking? I meant to ask this. Who who's going to be kind of your main force running the ball this season without Ezekiel Elliott? Mike Weber. So he, he's the he's a freshman. Um, I don't think they believe Curtis Samuel can hold up to the pounding. Uh, so they're moving him to H back. Um, Mike Weber looks good. He's a youngin, and they said they started calling him Baby Loaf in reference to Carlos Hyde. And I was like, okay, <laughs> watch out, for, for relax. <laughs> But it's just a spring game. Let's not get carried away. But uh, he, he's looked pretty good. Um, I don't know if you heard the rest of it. Um, we've done a lot of wide receivers. So, down to the youngest. Torres Gibson, who was, a, you know, an athlete recruited out of Florida. He was a quarterback converting wide receiver. He uh, reported looks really good in the game as well. But our secondary looked terrible, uh, which is expected when you lose Bob Bell and Joshua Perry and Eli Apple. <laughs> so, that, you know, you, you, you lose that secondary, you're going to be in trouble. And I was never really sold on Colin anyway. So they're going to have to have win some shootouts, or those guys are going to have to make major steps uh, moving forward. How are you feeling with them in terms of hanging with the Michigans and the Michigan States this season? It, it, it just really depends on, on how those guys mature. They're going to be really young. I don't think they go to the playoffs this year. I, I really don't. Barring some kind of, you know, setback with Michigan State, because, of course, they lose Colin Cook. Uh, but then Michigan, I think, is ticking up one of the highly recruited quarterbacks. I forget his name. I think this is going to be the, this might be the year the Michigan gets us back, and I hate to say that, but if you just, it's hard to sustain those kind of losses, right, and, and, and keep up that level. At some point, those guys have to come in and get some experience. Now, next year, if they're still playing that bad, I will have uh, an issue. But this year, you know, when you haven't really gotten a lot of playing time because you just had studs, especially back there in that back end, that's what worries me the most is that back end. If they get anybody with a decent wide receiver quarter, they're going to hurt Ohio State. I guess this is when we find out if Urban Meyer has uh, kind of chased away those demons that he had at Florida. So remember when he was at Florida, yep. uh, his his first amount of studs for three or four years were fantastic. Uh, it was once those guys left that he really couldn't regroup, and he started going downhill fast, unless he was playing Georgia, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I do remember that. We talked about that before. He had that Tebow class that I think had a similar – Percy Harvin. They had a lot of – yeah, and Percy uh, was the hero of that group. entire team. He he really was, and he, he had Aaron Hernandez, even though before, you know, got caught up shooting up the club and killing people. But you know, it's that same fact, right? You had that that big set of, of that class that won a lot of games, and then they moved on, and he struggled to maintain that level of excellence after that. So I do keep that in the back of my mind, and it makes me worry a little bit. Like I think he's got the talent. But they're so young now, and they lost so many people at the same time that it wasn't a phased approach, you know what I mean? Like, you lose a couple, but you have some, some veterans to mentor them, and then they go, but then the young guys become veterans, and they remember the young guys coming in. They lost all the veterans. It's not like all young guys, right? So that's what gives me pause. Because young guys make some mistakes. This ain't high school anymore. This is a big time. Definitely. And uh, it looks like we're coming off two different ones because I did get to watch the Georgia spring game, and – you know me, I'm not very effusive with my praise. I like to be a little bit reserved. But uh-huh. I honestly, Jacob Eason was honestly, if it was possible, 
even better than you could have hoped to see him. And wow. numbers you take a grain of salt, but Jacob Eason was some of the throws that he was making. It was, it was very obvious on Saturday that he was the most talented quarterback on that roster and one of the most talented throwers in the SEC. I don't know many quarterbacks this year that are going to be able to sling the ball better than Jacob Eason. And I fully expect him to be starting by maybe around week four, week five. He's not going to start right away. Um, but I wonder why not? I expect him to. Why not? Because it doesn't why, happen. Well, if I'm Matt Stafford didn't Hootie. start game one, he's still yeah, young. He hasn't seen. taken live fire. I, 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 I hear all that. But we saw what you guys have behind him in that stable, and it wasn't good. I'd rather let him get exposed. <laughs> and get the live fire than sit there and watch guys I saw last year, you know, not look anywhere close to being a starting college quarterback for the University of Georgia. And if he looks that good at spring ball, and I know it's spring ball, so you have to temper expectations a little bit. But what, I don't understand really what you have to lose unless you, he gets hit so much that he becomes gunshot. So if the offensive line is struggling, then yeah, maybe. But if he looks that good and, those, and the other, you know, Trinity quarterbacks that played last year – I uh, I would expect some of them to start talking about transferring. I I just I don't know why you wouldn't. The problem is he still he still makes a lot of mistakes in practice uh, as far as where he's placed in the ball and the coverage he's reading. And one of the things I'm talking about with have to take the spring games to the game of salt with a grain of salt is if those were live games he was holding on to the ball far too long he would have been sacked about four or five times on his dropbacks just because he he couldn't notice a late blitz. And these are things that take time to notice, especially for for how highly rated he is. Don't forget that he was playing in Washington, which, by the way, yeah. is nowhere near the caliber of high school talent you have here <laughs> in Georgia or in Texas or in California. And he was playing exclusively mm-hmm. out of a shotgun set. So it's going to take a little bit of time. He, he will get in. If they weren't playing North Carolina on a big national stage for their first game, I could see it. But with it being out there in the bright lights and the, on a national game, that first game, I don't see it. Maybe if he blows the doors off it when he in his limited action that he'll get that game, maybe he starts Nickel State. But I would imagine they take a very similar route to what they did with Matt Stafford. Uh, but that wasn't even all the good stuff. You saw a lot of the young wide receivers. They've been talking a lot about the young guys having to step up. There was three wide receivers who really stepped up. Michael Chigbu, who uh, – a three-star out of Louisiana last year, making plays all over the field. Uh, big acrobatic catches. He's a big target. He's a touch slow, but for a big body, making it all over the field. Riley Ridley is another one. The name sounds familiar. He's Calvin Ridley's brother. Uh, just going okay. up and tracking the ball fantastically. Jason Stanley, who's kind of coming out of nowhere. Another huge day. Uh, and Reggie Davis actually managed to hold on to a couple balls. I don't expect that during the season, but at least in the spring ring, he managed to uh, hold on to a couple catches. <laughs> is that, is that, are they related to Stephen Ridley? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. New England? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's not with New England now. He's. Uh, oh yeah, he's Stephen is with the Lions, maybe. Oh wow. Okay, so just cutting too. Okay, I know how Calvin really is, but yeah, I, didn't, I was just wondering if they were. Uh, Stephen Ridley. Okay, yeah, it may I, be. I see what you're saying. And, um, but did, so did they give any update? Because I know he didn't play. Uh, Chubb didn't play. But did they give any update? Is he, is he on track to start the season, or are they going to just he's bring him far, on fully? You know, he's ahead in his recovery. 
Uh, he is already mm-hmm. running on the practice field. He's not cutting full speed, but he's running. Um, and whether or not he starts, people are just kind of expecting that's the only way for Georgia to be good. Don't sell Sonny Michelle short. Sonny Michelle is a fantastic back in his own right. That's the biggest difference between this regime, I hope, and the Rick regime, is they're going to be able to use the talents at running back and not just stick with one lead dog. Uh, don't expect Sonny Michelle to end up going down the road of Keith Marshall where he just disappears. Um, right. If Chubb will play at some point this season, I'll guarantee you. Um, if not the first game, they may hold him out of that first game just for precautionary reasons. I can't imagine he wouldn't come in against Nickel State unless they just don't want to put him in against a team that doesn't matter. Uh, but I would right. imagine he would at least get in there and get some carries to get back in the flow because – from all reports, he is farther ahead in his recovery than anybody was expecting because he works like a madman. Well, then, I mean that's 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 a good update. Um, I mean, I like Chubb. He seems like he's a well a good dude, a well-rounded individual. And you just hate to see somebody get hurt like that. Um, I don't know yeah. what's going on in the water, Gurley, and then him. It's just just some bad juju right now with the Georgia running backs and those knees. Um, can you clarify something for me? Because I caught it on the tail end of the front row where they are switching the linebackers coach with another coach just for the spring ball, I think, or for summer practice, and then they're going to switch. Or they say they don't know when they're going to switch back. I, I, I missed the, the beginning part of that discussion today uh, on the show because I believe you had somebody from Georgia that was, that's going to the draft that you were talking to. Oh, no, we had somebody from Georgia Tech today. We had uh, Jamal Golden today. Okay, that was tech. Okay, I called it the last minute, so I thought it was Georgia more than Georgia Tech. As, as okay. far as that, so, I don't believe so. Chu or Glenn Chu is their their linebackers coach. Mel Tucker is their defensive uh-huh. coordinator. I imagine it'll stay that way. Sure, okay. Chu. I could be pronouncing his name wrong. I apologize if I am. Um, that is kind of one area I want to see them get a little bit better. Natrez Patrick was all over the field during that spring game, which is awesome to see. Natrez was a four star last year. It's kind of putting Roquan in a weird spot because Kirby, when Roquan came in, Georgia liked to have a little bit smaller but really, really fast linebackers. That has never been mm-hmm. the case of Alabama. Alabama's always liked having big linebackers. Yeah. And Roquan yeah. is only about 217 pounds, sopping wet, but probably the fastest linebacker that you'll see in college this year. Okay. So they got to find a yeah, way I, to get I, him involved. Seen a few guys step up because they got to fill that void. When anytime you lose a Leonard Floyd and a Jordan Jenkins, uh, counting big time on Lorenzo Carter, he's still in the doghouse a little bit right now. He's only a a pass rush specialist, and Kirby's called him out a few times. But having to make sure that he's well rounded enough to stay on the field. DeAndre Washington during spring game had, if they were counting the stats, would have had five sacks. He was just abusing linemen. Yeah, I, I I really hope for your sake that, that that Easton just destroys it this summer and he can start week one because I, I I watch those Georgia games and I'm not a Georgia Bulldog fan like that, but you know I live here in Atlanta and I try to watch it and I, Dylan's my boy so I you know I watch it so we you know I can talk to him about it and they were just <laughs> just were atrocious um, and I hear you he's young but in, and he has so much expectation already on his shoulder I just don't know if I know I got these three guys that. They, they can't get it done. I'd rather see what the young guys got when the live bullets start firing and see the way he responds to it because I know what I got in these guys. Unless they start making significant progress or they have made significant progress from uh, from the fall to the spring and from spring into summer, I just 
I, I just zero confidence, and I, that, and I, I feel like at some point that's got to trickle down to your other Hollywood recruits who are in there killing themselves. But they know they have zero chance because the quarterback is giving them stuff on play. So that's just my piece. I think you know, I think football at this point, at any level, especially college and NFL, is going to be a quarterback-driven league, and you, you've got to have somebody that can sling that rock uh, because teams are getting smarter. They'll load the box on you, and we know each other's further along, but, again, is it going to be 100%? When is it going to be 100%? Is it 100% by week four, by week six? About, you know, they're going to do it again. They're going to stack the, the box. So Tony Michelle is good in his own right, but at some point you've got to be able to throw the ball down the field to keep defenses honest, and I just don't have that level of confidence in the other three quarterbacks. I'll put it this way. I'm not expecting Eason to start game one, but I won't be 100% surprised if he is just because for all that people are touting Tennessee, the East is very weak again this year. Um, So there's not many games on this schedule. There's no real bear on this Georgia schedule that I really am going to worry about. Uh, That could work in his favor or it could work against his. The only team that, you know, you really are going to have to take very, very seriously this year is going to be Tennessee. We don't play Alabama. We don't play LSU. So not not really worried about that. We do have to play Ole Miss, but I don't know how Ole Miss is going to respond to losing everybody. So, you know, it's it's definitely going to be a different type of year. And regardless of who they start at quarterback – I don't see any reason why they can't compete and win the East this year because I'm not all that high on Tennessee until they actually show me they can do something. Agreed. And I was going to say, when I didn't realize that if you're not playing LSU and Alabama this year and you're saying that Tennessee and I think Florida's defense is still going to be good, but I'm not quite sure if the offense, what they they're going to do. They can't They lost all guys. Uh, exactly. They looped El Rio. Uh, they keep <laughs> so, again, it's they a, if, Rio. if not win – now, you know, it's got to be now for, for Georgia. The, the schedule is set up perfectly for them. may not be set up greatly because East is being a freshman and he was a little bit more seasoned. I think Georgia would be a very trendy pick to win the East. But not having LSU and Alabama on that schedule is humongous, and you've got to take advantage of that. So I'm, 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 I'm rooting for you for them to, to, to stop, you know, disappointing you. But you've got to take advantage of it this year. I think you have to. Um, I don't know if you heard me um, and, and talk about Josh Norman. Uh, but the Panthers, uh, since we talked about the spring games, the Panthers have rescinded the franchise tag on Josh Norman, saying that they, in talks with him and his agent, they realized that a long-term deal, in their words, was unattainable. And I don't understand that in the fact that you could franchise him and give yourself a whole year to work on this. I mean, did they just cuss him out on the phone? You know, like, I, I, I don't get that. How do you just let Josh Norman go? Josh Norman, being the type of guy that he is, probably told him, I'm not taking any less than this amount. And the Panthers probably said, look, no way we're paying you that amount. And Josh said, well, I'm not going to take anything less. And Panthers just said, see you, bye. Uh, They probably believe that they can replace what they got in Josh Norman. Whether he is as elite as he looked in that system or whether he is a system corner, the truth, as usual, is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't worry. I don't know. My biggest thing is I don't know who's going to have the money to pay him right now. But whoever does, if it's a team that already has an established cornerback and they compare him up with Josh Norman, he's going to elevate whatever defense he goes to just on sheer reputation and sheer toughness alone. And if he goes to a zone team, I know you're praying for that. Yes, sir. But I don't think he fits Cincinnati. I'm sorry. I don't think he fits him. He's not a man corner. He's He's more of a zone. 
Hey, I just listen, hope it's not Seattle. Go, go, go again, man. Go get that guy. My whole thing is this, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I know Josh Norman has that reputation, but I think one year at the franchise tag for a cornerback is not going to necessarily kill him. But you just buy yourself more time, right? Is my point. Maybe he has a couple of bad exactly. games and his value comes down. Maybe he talks to Cam with some other people that are friends on his team and he changes his mind. Like, I don't understand if you if you put your franchise tag on him and you already have this on the books for the year coming up, why terminate that when you can just buy yourself a year? If you don't give it to him in a year and you, and you don't want to give him that 50% kicker that goes to, with, with franchising him another year, then okay. You know, or trading midway through the year by a deadline if you feel like it's not getting anywhere. But you still can buy yourself more time. That's why I just don't get it. Just, you know, kick the can down the road, so to speak, and give yourself more time, and maybe, you know, you can meet somewhere in the middle. That's, that's my only piece of that. But you could probably be totally right about George, Josh Norman and his stance. I see where you're coming from. Um, and if it were a different organization, I'd probably agree with you. But in recent years, the Panthers haven't shown me any reason to think that they'll get fleeced or that they'll make a wrong move in their front office. Um, everything I Sorry, uh-huh. right. years, on top of it. You break, so you break it up on me. Sorry, my back. Yeah, you good. There you go. Okay, sorry about that. I was going to say, I haven't no had anything from the Panthers that have kind of shown me that they can get police or make the wrong move. So until until they show me that they're just making a bad move, I'll get them to yeah, true. True. I get. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he, he and I don't. We don't have the benefit of the knowledge of what we're saying. He may have said something just so disrespectful <laughs> to them that they said, "You know what? You go take that problem to somebody else's team in their locker room because we're done with it." And that could have been said. I just this stage in the game with, and with the, the talent level that he has, I just thought it to be odd that they would do that. Uh, we're running short on time here, I, and then the blog talk is already giving us issues today. Uh, and somebody at Dylan's house is not happy behind him. So we no, are going to sign off and say, <laughs> it's all right. We're going to sign off and say thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are on iTunes. Go check us out the morning after one. We'll be back with you next Wednesday. And we'll probably get more and just do some draft stuff. You know, we may do like a mock draft where we do every other pick or something um, since the draft will be the next day. So we'll work that out. But I definitely want to talk. Centric. Yes. Definitely want to talk sleepers and bust. Sleepers and bust. Absolutely. So you heard it. We're just going to make that statement right now. All drafts for 45 minutes next week. We'll get to our team. Yeah, we'll get to who we think to go anywhere and, and again, give you some good information. Everybody, be safe today out there on 420. Have fun, but be responsible. We'll check with you next week. Say goodbye to them, bro. Hey, y'all be smart. You hear the popo rolling? Just flick that away. <laughs> Make sure you're keeping down right down there in the basement. You know how it is. We all know how it goes. Happy Bob Marley Day, everybody. Next week, we will get you all your coverage. The week after, we will recap that draft, and you know it's going to be the best information you'll get anywhere else. Make sure you're tuning in with us every week, guys. Absolutely. Talk to you later, bro. Have a good one. Have a good one, buddy.